Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I'm your host. I'm Shemaine Linney. I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, certified iridologist and biohacker, and I'm very happy to have you back with me for another podcast episode. I hope you're keeping really well. It is a very wet, tundry day here in Airdrie, so the perfect time to sit down and listen to some podcasts while doing housework or create some podcasts. So, um, this week's podcast is on circadian rhythms and fat loss. We're going to look a bit at the circadian diet and the benefits of all of this. So I'll be explaining more, but before I go on, I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. Okay, I talk a lot about having earlier feeding windows and having structure to your day and having good meal timing. And I've spoken a lot about the science behind those of us that are genetically predisposed to gaining weight easily or obesity we seem to benefit a lot more from an earlier feeding window. And a lot of this research is supported by Dr. Sylvia Tara, and she is one of the, well, she is the writer of The Fat Loss Code and several other books and articles and even papers. And what we see is that people that are predisposed to gaining weight easily or there's a family history of obesity and these people have to be careful, they have to be cognizant, they seem to get better results and outcomes in both their body composition and their health when they have earlier feeding windows. That basically means they eat earlier in the day. And what we can even see is that these people with earlier feeding windows, they can even get away with having a treat or two during the week and still lose weight as long as they're sticking to this early feeding window. Now, there is another caveat around being genetically predisposed or having family history of obesity that myself and people like this, we do have to exercise more. Exercise is a part of this gene stimulation and offsetting this gene expression to help us maintain our body weight or lose body weight quicker. But definitely this earlier feeding window, and we're going to look at this now. So this is what we would call circadian eating. And this is a strategy for timing your meals to align with your body's internal clocks. So it, it is based on the idea that our metabolism works differently throughout each phase of the day, which it does. We know our circadian clocks and even our diurnal rhythms, they change as we move through the day and certain functions work better at certain times of the day. 
Um, for example, there's a lot of research saying that many people are stronger around 4 p.m. So it's better for them to lift heavy weights um, around 4 p.m. So the body works differently at different times of the day. The same way it works differently at different days of the week. You be Most people are heavier on Monday and then they're at their lightest weight on Friday. Um, but now researchers are exploring how aligning what we eat when we eat it can either increase or decrease body weight could lower blood pressure improve endurance and reduce the risk of numerous diseases the researchers are looking at it now but honestly this is not new especially when we look back at our ancestry so what is your circadian rhythm so the circadian rhythm is a 24-hour internal clock or clocks that regulate many different body functions including your sleep your hormonal secretion your hormonal cycle your metabolism your digestion immunity cognitive performance neurological behavior so your circadian rhythms influence how everything works so these clocks synchronize your bodily functions with the rise and fall of the sun. If you're my client, you know I've stressed the importance of getting direct sunlight exposure in through your ocular lens or through your eyes first thing in the morning. So other functions such as your eating schedule, they, that can also influence the timing of your circadian rhythm. Over a period of millions of years, our bodies evolved to anticipate regular environmental changes. Like it is in our DNA. We're, we're still a very primal being. We haven't actually evolved that much as much as people seem to think. Like our DNA is still very primal. Um, and we developed these daily rhythms to help us function optimally over the thousands and millions of years. So I was explaining this to a client the other day on a call. Just because you think you're a night owl or you like to stay up, that doesn't mean your circadian clocks and your hormonal cycles are night owls and they like to stay up. Like our body is so primal that we're still all human and mostly all of our clocks and hormonal secretions all still work the same. So I go to bed at say 8.30, she goes to bed at midnight, but that doesn't mean her clocks are different to mine. So this has to be a consideration when on a fat loss journey as well. Um, and that's not just for body composition, just to clarify, losing body fat is important on many levels of health, including sex hormones and inflammation. Anyway, Almost every cell in your body follows a 24-hour clock and nearly 80% of your genes function in a lighter, dark cycle. So our genes are every organ in your body, every tissue in your body, our genes, they all have these clocks on them. And when it comes to the genes, these genes are known as clock genes and they regulate the timing of essential bodily functions to align with wake time and sleep time and sun and dark time. 
and we signal these genes or all these different clocks through the stimulation of what we call our master clock and that's called our suprachiasmatic nucleus and the suprachiasmatic nucleus well that's a group of nerve cells situated in the hypothalamus or hypothalamus excuse me some of my irish accents and pronunciation still comes out um and believe me it confuses me more than it confuses other people but I speak about this all the time with my clients. It's part of their morning routine. We want to stimulate that suprachiasmatic nucleus by getting sunlight directly through the eyes as early in the day as we can. So the suprachiasmatic nucleus and the cellular clocks, they receive and respond to internal and external signals to help maintain your daily rhythms, sunlight being one of them, and even moonlight and the sun going down being another stimulatory um, mechanism. But when these signals alter from their normal patterns or what they should be for the human body, it can then have negative consequences for your health and well-being. There's lots of research to support this if you want any of the citations or studies reach out to me and I'll happily send them to you and just again in case you're curious the name of that book is a great book it can get a bit complicated but it's by Dr. Sylvia Tara and it's actually called The Secret Life of Fat not The Fat Loss Code The Fat Loss Code is a book though I have that as well but The Secret Life of Fat is a great book and it does cooperate a lot of what I teach and what I say as well. So, okay, now we know what your circadian clocks and rhythms are, and your circadian rhythm easily adapts to changes in light exposure and even nutrient intake. During our ancestral hunter-gatherer days, this was great. This allowed our bodies to adjust accordingly to different seasons. Like we wouldn't eat fruit in the winter because fruit wouldn't grow in the winter. We'd eat more meat. We'd eat more fruit in the summer and all that sort of stuff. However, in today's modern society, the constant availability of food all throughout the year, even if it's not in season, and then availability of electricity and lighting and LED lights, these can all disrupt and override the natural light-dark cycle that we have and disrupt our sleep-wake patterns and hormonal patterns and even how our organs function. This makes me consider digestive health as well. A lot of people have digestive issues and our digestion works differently at different times of the day. Generally, most of us have our bowel movements in the morning and then digestion is at its strongest then coming into the evening. So anyway, common causes of circadian rhythm disruptions. I hate to say this because I know I have a few clients that do night shift work. Jet lag would be one, prolonged light exposure or LED exposure, altered sleep schedules, being a night owl, uh, irregular eating patterns, stress, all of this can impact the circadian rhythms. And then even short-term circadian rhythm disruptions can result in weight gain and fatigue and loss of concentration, memory, and increased susceptibility to getting sick or illness. Um, 
But when we look at the long-term disruptions of your internal clock, this is where we start to see bigger problems. Um, and I do see this. I hate to see this, but I do see this. When people have these long-term disruptions to their internal clocks and circadian rhythms, I see higher instances of mental illness, uh, lots of anxiety and depression, um, mood disorders, then metabolic or metabolism disorders. They struggle to lose weight. They gain weight easy. There's higher instances of diabetes, fatty liver, cholesterol is a huge one, and then heart disease. Then um, even though sleep is a big part of the cure, we do see that they have more sleep problems because nothing is working in tangent or in sync. Um, I hate to say the C word, but higher instances of the C word because of weakened immunity. That would be cancer, not the other C word. So we do see these immune system disorders and even premature mortality. Like it's so important to take care of yourself. Literally, if that was to be put on my headstone when I die, that's what I wanted to say. It's so important to take care of yourself. But thankfully, it's possible to reset your circadian rhythms. Um, and this can be done, it might take a week or a couple of weeks, depending on your lifestyle and your symptom picture and all that. But you can completely reverse your schedule or your rhythms from night to day. So where, what is early feeding or what is this circadian rhythm eating or having an earlier feeding window? What is this all about? If I was explaining it in layman's terms or just trying to get straight to the point with my clients, I'm saying, look, you're going to be, the idea is that you're done eating by 3 to 4 p.m. That's not always applicable to people's schedules and I don't like to compromise on nutrition so I'll try, try advise or manipulate as best as I can, use different tools, use teas, collagens, bone broths, supplements, like I'll try, but for some people it's unrealistic, but I'd rather you knew this than not knew it. So circadian rhythm eating, and some people will have heard of a circadian rhythm diet, which I don't even think it is a diet if I think about it. I think this is just this is just how we should eat, um, be based on eating in a way that corresponds with your internal body clocks and rhythms. So circadian eating involves eating during daylight hours when our body functions like digestion and metabolism are most active, and then not eating later in the day after, say, 5 p.m., like 5 p.m., depending on the season, it really does depend on the season as well, would be the latest people would eat. But like I said at the start of this episode, we really do see that people who have a genetic predisposition to obesity and weight gain, if they're done eating by like 4 p.m., they seem to have the best results. So I will say this is season dependent when I say you don't eat or consume food or calories after 5 p.m. because 5 p.m. in the summer looks very different to 5 p.m. in the winter. But a typical day of circadian rhythm eating can start with you eating 
as soon as you feel hungry, as long as your nutritional template is good. But then you have your last meal done by preferably 4, 4.30. So that's kind of the range I stick to as well. But I also have very busy evenings with clients. So typically, and I've always recommended this, your last meal of the day is smaller and lighter. This helps you avoid any blood sugar spikes that might interfere with the dump of human growth hormone when you go asleep. Um, and it also helps avoid weight gain due to that insulin response and your metabolism winding down that would all interfere with human growth hormone and human growth hormone is essential for fat burning when you're asleep. So um, you then abstain from food for the rest of the night because you're asleep until the next morning when you have breakfast or your first meal. So the benefits of doing this, like I already mentioned, we seem to see this works really well for people that are genetically predisposed to putting on weight easily or come from a family that the majority of the family members are overweight. That's genetic predisposition. It's a family trait. So we see that having this earlier feeding window can speed up your metabolism by helping to restore your sleep-wake cycles. And this enables you to get into that oh-so-very-important REM sleep. And sleep, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, sleep is like one of the main fixes for having dysregulated or disrupted circadian clocks and rhythms and diurnal rhythms. REM sleep raises your basal metabolic rate. So yes, we do have times during the day that our metabolism increases and that helps with energy and energy burning in regards to what you ate and glycogen stores. But then when we sleep, REM sleep raises your basal metabolic rate to its highest level during sleep by increasing your body temperature and energy expenditure in both the body and the brain. And I always remind people that we do a lot of fat burning when we are asleep. At that stage, your stomach is empty, your glycogen stores are empty, you're burning fat to stay alive basically when you sleep. So sleep is important and this having an earlier window, it's great, partially because of what I just said, but also when you have an earlier feeding window, it's more likely that you're going to be hungry going to bed. And I don't mean starving, I would hope you're not starving because that can interfere with sleep, but hungry. When we're hungry, that tells us that we have ghrelin, our hunger hormone, floating around in the body. And ghrelin is a good thing because ghrelin then will stimulate a bigger dump of human growth hormone. And human growth hormone is essential for fat burning. The more human growth hormone you have, the more fat burning that's going to occur when you sleep. Because if you've got more human growth hormone, Hormone, you're, you're basically growing more stuff. You're healing and growing and regenerating more stuff. And the more stuff you're healing, growing and regenerating, the more energy requirements you have. So you have to tap into more fat stores. So like the body really is amazing. And this can be done as long as people stack conditions in their favor. I know, by the way, that some of this sounds horrible and miserable and I'm never going to get to enjoy wine or snacks in the evening again. 
watch out for my next podcast episode. It's going to be titled Let's Be Realistic and it was inspired by one of my clients um, and I think it's very timely. So watch out for that. So having this earlier feeding window or this circadian eating diet, I don't want to call it diet, um, can give us improved metabolic health, not just because we get the faster metabolism and everything that I just said, but research shows that your insulin response is better in the beginning of the day compared to later in the day. And this is why I've always told my clients, we don't want to have carbs later in the day. So if you eat your meals containing carbs earlier in the day, that means that you're going to have lower levels of glucose in the evening when you're getting ready to go into that fat burning mode. In fact, researchers found that glucose levels after dinner are almost twice as high compared to breakfast. That can be for many reasons, but insulin sensitivity does seem to be worse in most people in the evenings. So chronically high blood sugar levels as many of you know, they're associated with metabolic diseases, metabolic inflexibility, fatigue, lethargy, weakened immune system, diabetes, prediabetes, fatty liver, fatty pancreas, chronic inflammation, obesity, and excess blood sugar can also damage blood vessels, not just of our organs, but also of our skin, which increases aging and wrinkles to come on a lot faster. I know you know this, but I like to give you reminders. Then weight loss. So yes, I've discussed an increased metabolism there. I've discussed, discussed improved metabolic health, but weight loss or fat loss, circadian eating or having an earlier feeding window seems to, like I said, show improved weight loss in most people. And this is because meal timing affects the thermal effect of food. Um, which is the energy needed to digest a meal. One study found that the thermal effect of food is 44% higher in the morning than in the evening. So this is increased metabolism from the food you eat, increased energy expenditure from the food you eat earlier in the day by 44% compared to in the evening. So following this kind of circadian eating idea can increase calories burned from a meal or after a meal, uh, resulting in negative energy balance at the end of the day. And then you get increased fat burning at night, but you also then are not compromising on what you're eating and nutrition, but you're still burning fat and losing weight. So in turn, avoiding eating in the evening hours is associated with lower body fat percentage and body mass index and one study that will help you with that is titled later circadian timing of food intake is associated with increased body fat combine that with the podcast episode I did a couple of months ago on why you should not eat late in the day and I've done many posts on this they're a bit hard to find on Facebook but they're there but if you go over to my Instagram page you should be able to find them pretty quick Instagram's pretty easy to uh, navigate 
So yeah, like the proof is in the pudding. Then you have better sleep quality when you have earlier feeding windows, which then helps you build a stronger circadian rhythm, helps you sleep more deeper for longer, which improves resiliency on every single level from your mind down to the individual cells. Um, so this is important. At night, the pineal gland produces melatonin, as many of you know, in response to darkness, which promotes sleep quality. And then it raises cortisol levels in the morning, which cause wakefulness. We need to have these rhythms and we need to have um, routines that keep us aligned with these light and dark phases of the day. Digestion. I already mentioned digestion, but we'll go into a little bit more detail here. We see that people with early feeding windows, they have improved digestion because research shows that the rate of intestinal motility and gastric, gastric emptying is higher in the beginning of the day than at night. I've always mentioned to people, you know, when you go to sleep at night and your heart rate slows down and your core temperature drops, like everything slows down when you go to sleep, including your digestion. So if you're eating late in the day or before bed, it's taking you two to three times longer to digest that bag of chips or cookies or whatever it is than it would earlier in the day. So following early feeding window has been shown to improve digestive symptoms associated with circadian disturbances such as abdominal pain, bloating, IBS symptoms, diarrhea, and even constipation. Look, the body likes to be in a state of homeostasis. It likes structure. It likes keeping everything moving smoothly, having all these clocks smooth, having all the rhythms working well. When that is, when you're stacking conditions in your favor in that instance, everything works better, right down to your bowel movements. Um, research also suggests that stabilizing your circadian rhythms and clocks may prevent inflammation and increased intestinal permeability. So this is where we see improvements in uh, IBD and um, constant bouts of diarrhea and autoimmune issues. Um, so restoring your circadian rhythm to its natural, more primal state can reduce your risk of intestinal dysbiosis, which reduces your risk of autoimmune issues, and even having... Um, just a better ratio and variety of good bacteria to bad bacteria, which is really important for immunity as well. So um, one study in regards to immunity found that fasting later in the day when your melatonin levels are high improves immune cell recovery, specifically B cell recovery. And your B cells are a type of white blood cells, kind of like your natural killer cells that produce antibodies that signal your immune system to destroy pathogens like bacteria and viruses. And that study is titled Melatonin Effects on Glucose Metabolism, Time to Unlock the Controversy, if you want to look that up. And then lastly, you're probably asking yourself, what is the difference between circadian rhythm or having an early feeding window and intermittent fasting? There's not much regard except for timing. When people intermittent fast, 
they're usually trying to stick to eating for a specific number of hours in the day. That could be from one hour to eight hours. But that could happen anywhere. That might be like they'll have, for instance, OMAD, one meal a day. They might be having one meal a day and they might have that at 8 p.m. at night. Yes, you might get benefits of fasting, but that doesn't mean that this is good in regards to circadian rhythms. And for most people, it's not feasible. It's not even sustainable. So I've always been a proponent of fasting, but I've also always said an early eating window is optimal for many reasons. So how do we do this? Well, you eat your meals earlier in the day. If you can aim to be finished eating by 3 to 4 p.m., that doesn't mean starve yourself. Eat. Do not compromise on nutrition, but have that earlier feeding window. Try not to eat past, say, say 5 p.m. in the summer. That would look something a little different in the winter. Uh, Limit your sugar and refined grains, especially in this last meal. Gluten-free works well for most people. I try to describe gluten as glue, so it makes things stickier. And when things are stickier or glued together, they're harder to release, so it's harder to release fat. Uh, obviously, avoid eating during the night. Don't be afraid to feel a bit hungry before going to bed. Like that actually plays in your favor. I have a podcast episode maybe a year or two ago about how it's actually okay to feel hungry. I go in more depth on this if you want to learn more. Uh, try to be consistent. Be consistent with your morning and evening routines. Be consistent with your exercise timing. Be consistent with your meal timing. Just be consistent. Your body likes that. And then be consistent with your light exposure during the day. Get lots of light and movement outdoors and fresh air. People don't get this. Truth be known, most people don't get enough light exposure or fresh air. So the takeaway here is having this earlier feeding window seems to be better for most people when it comes to fat burning, but also regulating metabolism, digestion, hormone secretion, immunity and resiliency, cognitive performance. So planning, and this can take a bit of planning in the beginning until it becomes habit, but planning your times of your meals to be early in the day, but consistent, um, that seems to be most effective for people, especially people with, I'm going to say it, stubborn fat. It will take a bit of practice. I know part of it maybe sounds horrible or even tormentuous, but do look out for the next podcast episode um, I'm going to call it, let's get realistic or something like that. It'll be the next one. And that I hope will reinforce your motivation to do some of what I've said in this episode. So I hope you found that really helpful. As always, you can message me if you want any, um, studies or anything I reference. If you have any podcast topics you'd like me to cover, send them to me as well. Any questions, I'm always happy to answer everybody. Clients or not clients, I answer everybody. Um, if you found this podcast episode helpful, please share. Sharing is caring. We all have to take care of our health. 
Um, like I said, it's very important to take care of yourself. Also, if you haven't liked or subscribed to my podcast episodes already, please do on whatever platform you enjoy them on. And if there is a review option, uh, leaving a review for a creator or a teacher is one of the biggest compliments we can get. Or even if it's not a good review, it helps us learn and it helps us grow. And I believe it helps us help more people because if I know what I'm doing wrong, then I can improve it and so on and so on. Anyway, have a great day. Try get some fresh air if the rain stops and you're in Airdrie and I'll talk to you guys real soon. Bye-bye.